Great Twelves, how's it going? Are you guys uh, studying hard? You look very relaxed at school. You look so composed in the hall. It, it can only be going well. This is probably the most important podcast that you are going to listen to. Before you listen to this podcast, make sure that you are looking at the exam guidelines. And you have either your Mind the Gap or your Via Africa open. In the perfect world, have both. So press pause and first make sure you have all those three things. Welcome back. This podcast is going to be referred to as the game plan. I'm going to provide you with a bulletproof way of achieving at least 50% for economics. Yes, of course you're going to have to go and study some work, but if you're looking at a textbook and you're intimidated by the, the pure size of it, I'm going to show you a way to get around this. Now, I'm not showing you shortcuts in life. This is the exam guidelines published by the Department of Education. So we're just using the tools that have that, that has been given to us. Okay. Paper one, paper two. Paper one, you know by now, covers term one's work and the first chapter of term two. So you're looking at the circular flow model, looking at business cycles, public sector, the balance of payments account, and protectionism and free trade. And it covers term three's work, you're looking at economic growth, you're looking at industrial development, and you are looking at economic and social indicators. Now I'm basically looking at page four in in your exam guidelines. Now if you still don't know what I'm talking about, it's absolutely ridiculous to be honest with you. I've dropped it so many times on the WhatsApp group. I will drop it again after this podcast. There is on D6, if you download the D6 app, that's the school's main communicator. It's under resources, under grade 12. It is on the resources folder on the school's network. You can bring a flash drive and download it onto the onto your flash drive. And I've also made available on my website, but please just note my website has not launched yet. I will let you know if the website launches and you can also download it there. But all in all, there are, there are three ways of getting it. Don't forget if you just Google exam guidelines economics 2017 it will also be your first search engine find on google so i'm still looking at uh, paper one we just mentioned all those chapters will be covered in paper one looking at paper two we have perfect markets imperfect markets market failures that's from term two and then uh, that basically falls under term four is inflation tourism environmental sustainability okay so that's a layer of paper one and paper two now yes you are very familiar with that but here's what you don't know, grade 12s, that many of you don't know. When you look at your question paper, you know you've got a section A and a section B and a section C. Section A is your multiple choice, monkey puzzles, match column A and B. And in section B, you have got three questions and you must pick two. This is a part that you don't know. Question two, and you might want to have a pen and paper handy for this. Question two is purely going to focus on term one's work. So basically question two, you can have questions from the circular flow, business cycles, public sector, foreign exchange markets, and protections and free trade. Question three will purely be focused on the third term's work. So in question three, you'll see questions on growth and development, industrial development, and economic and social indicators. Question four will be a combination of term one and term two's work. So what I'm basically telling you is, if you just study term one's work, or just study 
term threes work. There is no reason why you shouldn't get 50% for economics. For example, let's say you purely just focus on term three's work. You study three chapters, growth and development, industrial development policies, and economic and social indicators. Term question three will be catered specifically just for you. The entire question three will be on term three's work. So that's 40 marks you will have for free. Not only that, the half of question four, because remember in section B you have to choose two questions. The half of question four will also be on term three's work. So you'll have a guaranteed 40 marks out of question three and a guaranteed 20 marks out of question four that gives you 60. 60 out of 150 marks already grade 12s. So there's no reason why you shouldn't get 50%. You can get 50% by studying three chapters. Yeah. So I've prepped you for grade 10 and 11. You've never had any scopes. And now I'm giving you, I'm throwing you the biggest freaking bone you've ever had. You're probably going to have to get friends to help you carry this bone. You're probably going to have to post on Facebook that you need people to come meet you at your house because you listen to a podcast and you've just been thrown this big bone that you can't even lift it on your own. All right? You are welcome. Now, more importantly than that, let's, uh, you know what, before we go on, let's just, at the same time, we look at paper two. So paper two will cover term two's work, the, the term that you are so afraid of, that's your perfect and imperfect markets and market failures, and your contemporary issues from term four, which is inflation, tourism, and environmental sustainability. Grade 12s, if you are so scared of term two's work, why not just study term four's work? Study inflation, tourism, and environmental sustainability. Because in paper two, if you study term four's work, those three chapters, inflation, tourism, and environmental sustainability, the entire question three will be catered for you. And half of question four. Swap it around if you study term two's work, if you enjoy perfect markets and imperfect markets and market failures, the entire question two will be for you and half of question four. That's 60 out of 150 points. Now let's get into the paper itself. I told you in grade 10 when you walked into my class, no one knows how to get his learners to a level two and three like Mr. Arian. Levels in six and sevens, I hope you also listen to this podcast because these tips will just make it so much easier if you get a level six and seven. But we all know that to get to those levels, you're going to have to study what I'm giving you and more to get to that desired desired level seven. But let's focus on uh, paper one. First, target your eight more questions. If you know the eight more questions for question two, three, and four, you have 16 guaranteed marks. You already basically have 50% for those questions. So let's stick to your exam guidelines. Let's go to the first chapter and let's consider what are the possible eight more questions. And I'll go I'll go through it nice and quick. I don't want to waste your time. And hopefully you write this down and the beautiful thing about a podcast is you can listen to it again. The first eight more question you must look at is under 1.1, the open economy circular flow model. So we're going to look at the, the circular flow model and it says it discuss the four participants and interrelationships between them. You're able, able to discuss either the four participants in the open market and my golly, 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 if you don't know it by now, it's the consumers, businesses, uh, foreign sector, and government. You must be able to discuss either one of the participants individually or explain the relationship. For example, uh, the households sell their 
factors of production in the factor market and this gets purchased by firms to produce products. That's the relationship, people. Government supplies public goods and services to consumers and consumers pay taxes. That's the relationship. So you're either going to have to be able to own something like that or you must be able to discuss the relationship between the real flow and the money flow. By explaining the example I just gave you, you're also explaining the relationship between the real flow and the money flow because households sell their factors of production. That is the real flow. And they receive remuneration in return. That's your money flow. See? It's the same explanation, just a different type of question they can ask you. And then the last uh, point is you're able to show the relationship between a financial sector and the circular flow. Okay, so there's your possible eight more questions you have there. In that same chapter, right at the bottom of the chapter uh, page, you, you see the national accounts conversions. This is a section of work that's not very well studied by the Great Twelves, but it's a possible eight more questions. You must be able to do the conversions. By conversions, I mean you must know what is factor cost, basic prices, and market prices. And you must be able to convert factor cost to basic prices and basic prices to market prices. So basically, that conversion just entails you must know that factor cost is the cost of production without, before any taxes or subsidies are included. And then you add taxes on production and you minus subsidies on production and then you'll get your basic prices. And when you have your basic prices before it reaches the market, you must add taxes on products, which is your VAT, by the way, and minus any subsidies on products that government provides. And then you'll get your market prices. It's literally as simple as that. You must be able to discuss GDP. You know there's three forms of GDP. GDP, the income method, expenditure method, production method, referred to as uh, GNI, uh, GDE, and GVA. There's your three uh, types of GDP. And also know the difference between the GDP and GNP. GDP being gross domestic product and GNP being gross national product. Now, this is not an extra lesson podcast. This is an exam prep game plan podcast. I'm hoping to get the podcast out. And I only started mid-year doing podcasting. So the first entire term one and term two's works not in podcast form yet. I'll try my best and get there. So out of topic one for term one, Focus on those two sections. If you go and study 1.1, the circular flow model, and you discuss and you study the four participants and the real flows and money flows and the financial market, you will have possibly eight more questions covered. If you study the GDP, the three forms of GDP, and then the conversions of factor cost to basic prices to market prices, you'll have eight marks covered. On top of that, right in the middle of the chapter, there's your possible essay. Discuss in detail the markets that for that uh, are within the four sector model. We're able to discuss factor markets, product markets, financial markets, and the foreign exchange market. That's your possible essay questions. So if you study those three elements in this chapter, you will have eight more questions covered and a possible essay question covered. Let's move on to the next chapter. Oh, sorry. At the end, we go to the next page. There's your multiplier. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to add one more here. That second bullet point there under uh, 1.3, it says they explain the multiplier process. And now that is obviously an eight more question. So out of this chapter, you will then have three possible eight more questions. The participants, the conversions and GDP, and the multiplier. Topic two is your business cycle chapter. Let's take a scroll through here and see what we have for possible eight more questions. They already see the first one, 2.2. 2. 
discuss the exogenous and endogenous reasons for business cycles. Those are very nice and easy to study for eight more questions. We, we just studied the highlights. And let's just see what, what other eight more questions they have in this chapter. So you have, you have that. And grade 12s, this chapter has been highly identified for essay questions. And it must be mentioned that they didn't use this chapter as an essay question last year. So here comes another bone. Watch your head. If I was you, I would spend a lot of time in this chapter. 2.4 and 2.5. But I'll be honest with you, I'm definitely going to lean more towards 2.4. The new economic paradigm. We'll be able to discuss demand-side policies and supply-side policies and how they interact. You know the whole purpose of the new economic paradigm is to try and stimulate demand with supply without causing inflation. So you look at demand-side policies. That entails the two big ones. We must be able to discuss monetary and fiscal policy. Those are both demand-based policies. And then most importantly, we're able to link it with the Phillips curve the Phillips curve indicates the trade-off between inflation and unemployment. You know, when you stimulate demand, you create demand for more products. But when you cause price increases because of demand for products, it, it, the money flow that increases causes extra production, and the extra production causes an increase in production cost, so you have inflation. So the Phillips curve is used to, to illustrate that. Then then when you bring the supply-side policies in, grade 12s, when you bring that in, then you have the new paradigm. So you stimulate demand, you increase demand, and you increase supply. And if you draw a graph for that, draw a graph of demand supply with equilibrium and shift both demand and supply to the right, you would see that you would create a lot of output, more production, but you won't cause the inflation. And that's the whole point of a new economic paradigm. You want to increase the demand, you want to increase the output because that creates job opportunities, but you do not want to increase prices. So that's why we try to stimulate demand and supply together. So that's a big essay question. Really for me, 2.4, you should spend a lot of time there. You should really take your take your mind the gap and take your view of Africa and just study the demand side policies and supply side policies together. They can ask it as the new paradigm. They can ask it as demand side policies. They can ask it as monetary and fiscal policies. They can use the Phillips curve or they can just ask supply side policies. So there's a couple of, couple of ways they can structure this question. But if you really study this well, I'm 100% sure that we're going to see a demand or supply side policy or a new paradigm policy question either in September or November. And at the end there, 2.5 is also an essay question. Forecasting, you must be able to discuss leading, coinciding and lagging indicators, the length of the cycle, amplitude, trend line, all these things that can be a possible essay question. But I will be honest, I think recently we have seen a similar essay question like that. Now please note level sevens. You would study it. You would see this essay just as important as 2.4. Because remember, and this is on the podcast, I cannot guarantee what's going to be in the paper. Just based on experience, I'm making an educated guess. So for those of you who haven't studied at all the whole year, you live by 2.4. You go study your demand and supply side policy. Because remember, if it's not an essay question, it might also be a, a, a nice uh, option for an additional part to an essay or an eight more questions. Let's move over to topic three. The public sector is the sector that uses a government intervention. And I can really see by 3.2, there is a essay question there discussing detail uh, problems of the public sector. 
that was an essay last year. That was an essay last year. We're not going to see it this year. So you might probably will probably get if they use this chapter. Because remember, I'm also not a big fan of this. Um, uh, if they use an essay out of this chapter last year, the odds of them using the same chapter this year is very slim. Keeping in mind 3.3, the objectives, discuss in detail the main objectives of the government. We cannot underestimate that. We cannot say that's not going to be an essay. So level sevens, you would study that as a, put a potential essay. Okay? Level threes, I'm telling you that there might be a possibility that they are not going to use this chapter. I can't guarantee it. So for you, basically, I would still stick to, still stick to studying the in topic one, uh, the markets, uh, the factor markets, and the goods markets, and the financial markets, and the foreign sector markets for an essay. And then in topic two, business cycles, just stick to the new economic paradigm. Okay, but do not forget we're also identifying the possible eight more questions here. Okay, so three point three. Um, or this chapter, topic three in total, I do not think we are going to get an essay out of here. But remember, this discussing detail that they state here, the moment it's not going to be an essay, it, it, it's a lovely eight more question. So the moment I tell you that this is not going to be an essay, I would study that as eight more question. Okay, let's move on this chapter. Let's see if there's any other eight more questions or essays. We already identified two essays. Um, you see when they use the words broadly, emphasize, analyze you know it's going to be short questions differentiate identify briefly there we go 3.5 discuss the effects of fiscal policy eight more questions but the beautiful thing here is grade 12s if you studied the demand side policies in detail in the previous chapter you would have discussed fiscal policy or sorry studied fiscal policy in detail because fiscal policy is a demand side policy so that section over there, you must just be able to say, what is the effect of fiscal policy on, on the following? Okay, so if you knew what fiscal policy is, uh, I'm going to run through this quickly. Uh, taxation and government spending. Those are the two main tools of fiscal policy. So if government increased taxes, it means we pay more tax, it means we'll have less money to spend. Right. What impact will that have on income distribution? It might probably close the gap. Uh, between the rich and the poor because if the rich pay more tax they're gonna have less money and in the other hand the government's gonna have more money to redistribute money to the poor so it might close the, the income inequality gap consumption uh, people who pay more tax are gonna have less money to spend they're gonna be able to spend less money prices if people have less money to spend demand for products are gonna drop demand for products gonna drop production is gonna decrease and producers will have no choice but to drop their prices to try and attempt attempt to attract the customers back to the market effect on prices and then you have your the last section there um, they normally combine it with the graph the Laffer curve you, you will remember the Laffer curve illustrates uh, the relationship between tax rates and tax revenues and they say they what's the effect of the Laffer curve Remember, the Laffer curve explains that if you increase tax rate, your tax returns would increase. But you get to a point that if you charge too high a tax, your tax returns will actually decrease because people will not be motivated to work anymore. If you're going to tax people 80%, they're not going to go and work. So the Laffer curve illustrates that relationship between taxes and tax rates. So that is a possible eight more question. Let's move on to topic four. Um, sorry, once again, I apologize. The public sector chapter continues on the next page, but they also only have briefly and broadly. 
to mostly be facing short questions when it comes to the reasons for public sector failure and the effects of public sector failure. Okay, now we can go to topic four. I've got some amazing news for you. In topic four, the foreign exchange market, they did not identify any essays. So you don't have to study any essays out of topic four. So let's just identify the eight more questions. It starts off with two eight more questions, discuss the demand side reasons and the supply side reasons for international trade. Please note, this section of work is not explained very well in Via Africa. Please study the demand side reasons for international trade and the supply side reasons out of your mind, the gap. Okay, so there's two eight more questions. Uh, the balance of payments account, uh, you're very lucky to say there's not going to be any eight more questions, but what they normally do is they love then taking an extract of out of the balance of payments account and then they expect you to calculate either the balance of the current account or the financial account or the cash reserve requirements or actually maybe even the total. So just keep that in mind. Um, you go to the next page, then they will uh, they talk about the corrections of the balance of payments, uh, foreign exchange markets, and the establishment of foreign exchange rates. All bulky sections of work, but if I look at the titles, it's it's briefly, briefly, uh, briefly, and then at the end there, the last the bullet point in that chapter, they say describe the terms of trade. So that would probably mean they'll ask that as a four mark question. We have to describe the terms of trade, but all in all, level sixes and sevens. This basically means that this is the, the going to be the haven for short questions. If you're going to answer question two or question four, you're going to be confronted with a lot of short questions, two more questions, four more questions out of this chapter. Okay? For my level uh, twos and threes, there is no essays in this chapter and only two eight more questions. Okay. So let's look at the last chapter for um, term one that will be covered in paper one. That is topic five, protectionism and free trade. And then you are confronted with two essay questions immediately. Discuss in detail export promotion and import substitution. Definitions, methods, reasons, advantages and disadvantages. You'll be able to, be able to answer an essay for export promotion and import substitution. So let's summarize this. You have now listened to the podcast and you've decided I'm going to go for term one's work. I'm going to target these five chapters. Let me explain to you shortly again what you're going to do. You're going to study the eight more questions that I identified. And then the essays. You are going to focus on topic one, the different uh, markets. And in topic two, you're going to focus on demand and supply side policies the new economic paradigm i'm actually gonna just put a correction in here do not even worry about studying forecasting because it was the essay question last year in the trial exam so i'm going to emphasize again the new economic paradigm demand supply side policies in topic three you're going to study the the five macroeconomic objectives of government that's your full employment price stability income equality economic growth and exchange rate stability. Keeping in mind that there was an essay used out of that chapter last year. So I'm not I'm not identifying that as one of my target essays, but it definitely can be a possible essay question. Topic four, just look at the eight more questions, demand, 
and supply side reasons for international trade. There's no essays coming out of that chapter, but so it's going to be a big target for short questions, but we are basically giving you a game plan to get 50% here. And then out of topic five, protectionism and free trade, you will be looking at import substitution and export promotion. So in total, to get 50%, you're going to have to go and study about five or six, eight more questions and about four essays for a national paper. I think that really is not a bad deal. Let's move over to term three's work because remember, we're still busy with uh, paper one and paper one covers term one and term three's work. All right, uh, you're sitting there and you thought, okay, Mr. Arian, I listened to all of that, but um, why must I study five chapters? I can study three chapters. I, I can't I can't argue with you there because if you study the three chapters in term three that means you're able to answer the entire question three and half of question four so let's take a look at term three's work the first chapter is economic growth and development and look at that first essay they have there and I'm on page uh, 21 uh, by the way on your exam guidelines the demand side approach discuss in detail the demand side approach I hope that rings a bell because I just spent about 10 minutes talking about the demand side approach. Give an overview of the demand side approach. Discuss monetary policy and fiscal policy. Ding, 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 ding. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Grade 12s. So the essay I've identified as one of the biggest possible essays is also an essay identified in the third term, in the first chapter. So once again, I'm emphasizing monetary and fiscal policy. Look at the second essay. Discuss in detail the supply side approach. So if you studied monetary and fiscal policy in detail in term one, you will in any case be ready for anything they throw at you in term three. That for me is a win-win. Okay, so let's move on. Let's see if there's any eight more questions uh, coming out of this chapter. Um, they have some compare. Nope, no eight more questions. Beautiful, let's move on to... The next topic uh, in your exam guidelines is topic 10, but uh, we all know it as topic 2, term 3. It is regional development. Also, one of the one of the chapter, chapters I am definitely identifying. I'll tell you shortly why. In this chapter, you start off with, uh, there's two essay questions right there. Um, sorry, rephrase, eight more questions. Under 10.1, uh, industrial development in South Africa. Uh, the two eight more questions is, Explain South Africa's industrial development policies. Now that's your NIPF and your IPAP. Now I must just warn you that those are two, probably two of the most poorest studied topics because there's so many, right? I get it. There's GEAR, there's RDP, there's the ASGISA, there's the IPAP, there's the NIPF, there's the new growth path. It just gets ridiculous. But we've narrowed it down for you, grade 12s. Just go and study the NIPF and the IPAP. Just take a look at what is the National Industrial Policy Framework and take a look at what is the Industrial Policy Action Plan. Okay, and then after that, they also uh, ask you for, to be able to explain uh, different strategies and then we have the Integrated Manufacturing Strategy which was discussed in detail in the podcast. Okay, so those are your three, eight more questions over there. And then you have 
a massive essay question and I'm also targeting this essay as one of the uh, most probable essays we're going to see in the paper is your discuss your spatial development initiatives. Now please be aware that spatial development initiatives falls under regional development. Some grade 12s got confused between those two this year. Okay, They're not two separate things. Spatial development initiatives take part in specific regions that falls under regional development. So there are three or four broad categories that, that, that can be covered under, under the heading of spatial development initiatives and regional development. That's your, your SDIs, SDIs. Then you got your corridors. That's the economic term they refer to, corridors. You have your industrial development zones, that's your IDZs. And you have your SEZs, that's your special economic zones. So how they can phrase these essay questions, they can maybe just pick one. They can say, discuss spatial development initiatives. That's it. So that's all the, the areas they've identified for economic development. They can ask you to just discuss industrial development zones. Or they can ask you to just discuss spatial economic zones. Or they can combine two. They can combine SDIs of IDZs or maybe IDZs of SEZs. Or they can leave it open. They can just say discuss regional development as an industrial development policy in South Africa. And then they leave it open for you. You can discuss any one of those. You can discuss SDIs. You can discuss corridors. You can discuss IDZs or SEZs. Okay. That's also a very nice essay. And I'm also targeting that as a as a big possible essay question for September or the end of the year. And the second essay coming out of this chapter, you must be very careful of this essay question because I even marked your uh, the great talk term test and there was some confusion here. The second essay question, and I'm on page 23 of your exam guidelines, 10.6, the appropriateness of South Africa's regional development policy in terms of benchmark criteria. Actually, that's the key word there, benchmark criteria. What is the benchmark criteria? What is the benchmark that we have set or our government has set for ourselves with regards to our spatial development initiatives and regional development policies? Listen carefully. So the one essay, they can ask you to discuss those policies, discuss the SDIs and the IDZs and, and those things. And the other questions they can ask you, what are the benchmarks? When it comes to free market orientation, competitiveness, sustainability of these areas, good governance of the spatial development initiatives or the regional development, the provisioning of resources to those areas, how they're going to get investment of capital, the integration of different uh, role players and partnerships. That's very important. Very important. But I would like to point out here is those headings. This is probably why does the grade 12 get a little bit confused here. Those headings in your exam guidelines are quite different to the headings that are used in your textbook. Okay, let me explain to you now exactly where you're gonna go find these best practice policies for industrial development. On page 264 in your Via Africa, the heading reads as follows, best practice principles. So there you have your best practice principles in your mind, the gap, it is in a table format that you can also study when it comes to um, term three, topic two. And the headings that you're gonna focus on is uh, total development, development of people, for people, by people, development from within, development from below, 
and it goes up to 2.5. Very nice essay, very easy to study. So there's your two possible essays that could come out of uh, topic two. And then the last chapter in term three is your economic and social indicators. Now, social indicators was used as an essay last year, September. Economic indicators were, was used as an essay in November. So it's safe to say, but please note, I'm not guaranteeing anything, I'm just making an educated guess, that they will not use either one of those indicators as an essay again this year. Because that, for me, will just then be a poor metric end of the year paper, because we already used those as essays last year. So we're going to have to go and study approximately four or five essays for, for term one. Term three's work basically only has four essays. You've got your demand supply side policies, which is amazing because you can just, just study uh, fiscal monetary policy in term one in detail and just go come and add up with some facts that, that are relevant to um, industrial development in term three because demand side and supply side policy is an essay in term three as well. And then you have your two essays out of topic two in term three, which is your regional development policies the type of policies, and then your best practice principles for those policies. So there's basically four essays. So you've got five possible essays for term one, and we identified all the eight more questions, and you have four essays for term three, and we've identified the possible eight more questions. So you can either go study everything, because even by studying everything I just gave you, I basi I've basically narrowed down the work to about 60%. I've cut, I've cut out about 40% of the work, okay? And you can still quite comfortably then get a level five and six. Obviously, level sevens, you have to stuck in your books, people. You have to study everything. But for a level twos and threes, people have been, have been struggling for the last couple of years. There is a rock-solid game plan for you. Now to get 50%. All you must do is listen to this podcast, make notes of what I've identified. Hopefully, you are looking at it with, uh, with your exam guidelines open in front, of, in front of you with me and you could have been highlighting uh, highlighting and making some notes and pressing pause and going back making sure you've got all your notes ready and you basically could have had on paper all elements you're going to go and study so I wish you all, all of the luck um, I've really tried uh, to narrow it down for you and here's to hoping to, to get 100% pass rate and a 50% class average I wish you well, cheers